Welcome to the Digicom Cafe, located at the intersection of faith and technology. We hope you enjoy our cafe experience where we cater to your digital and spiritual appetites, in an effort to make this world a better and kinder place, one story at a time. Please stand by as we get ready to launch this episode of, Radio on the Rocks. You are about to listen to a Radio on the Rocks Cafe Cast interview, which occurred on April 4, 2019 in the Digicom Cafe Communications Network with Danny J. As we look closer into the inspirational life story of Tracy Lindsay of Omaha, Arkansas, from a jailhouse to a mansion. Good morning, Tracy. Welcome to the Digicom Cafe for our Radio on the Rocks Cafe Cast, where we uh, take a closer look at guests who live a life of inspiration and faith, and I'm really excited to uh, have you as our guest here in the cafe this morning. Uh, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and uh, your journey into what has now become a life passion for you. Good morning, Denny. I'm happy to be here with you. My name is Tracy Lindsay, and I am the director of an organization called Tetelestai House. And we minister to women coming out of jail or prison who want to change their lives. And we've got to tell you, to tell us I was, was not on my radar, um, that that's not what I was going to do when I was 42 years old. That was not the plan. Um, but God in his infinite wisdom, uh, he had a plan for my life. And I, I, I like to say I took the scenic route to get there, um, but... Nevertheless, I'm getting there, so that's pretty exciting. Um, I grew up in Omaha, and Omaha, Arkansas, and uh, from an early age, I knew that I wanted to grow up and be a basketball coach. I loved the game of basketball, lived, eat, and breathed it. And about the age of 14, 15, and 16, I, uh, I started making some choices and and hanging around some friends who, who didn't have the same goals um, as I had. Um, so by the time I was a senior in high school, I was senior class president. I was president of Resisting Illegal Drugs and Suicide. I was in SBLA, FHA, FTA, and I had a one-year-old daughter at home. So when I graduated my dream of college and coaching, um, was put on the back burner, and, and I married my, my daughter's father, and we started a life together. And I was 18 years old, and I was at a party one night, and someone handed me a plate full of methamphetamine and asked me if I wanted to get high. And without ever thinking, Benny, how is this going to impact my life 30 years from now, I tried it for the first time, and I was immediately addicted. Um, by the time I was 21 years old, my husband and I were separated and both on our way to prison, and my mother-in-law was raising my daughter. And I served a year in the Arkansas Department of Corrections, and the entire year I was there, I knew I was going to use again. Um, I, I couldn't wait to get out to use again. And when I was released, uh, my husband and I divorced, and I regained custody of my daughter. And basically, I learned the system of parole. And as soon as I learned the system, I began to manipulate it, and I began to use again. And I met and married my second husband, 
and he had a couple kids, and, and I had one, and we started a life together, and I continued to use drugs and alcohol, and I kept it together for about four more years, and one day, I got up, and I walked out on my husband and my children, and I left anyone who ever cared anything about me, and I moved in with a man who manufactured methamphetamine. And the next six years, my life spiraled completely and totally out of control. Um, at 33 years old, I was arrested again, and I had enough charges to get 30 years in the Arkansas Department of Corrections. And I hadn't seen my, my husband or my children for about six years, and I was completely lost. And I was broken, and I was alone. I had burned every bridge um, that, that I had in my life. And I was an addict, and I was headed to prison for the second time. Um, it was it was the second trip to prison um, that that was life changing for me. Um, I often I tell people when I share that that prison didn't change my life. Jesus Christ did. Prison's just where it happened. Um, but when I was in the Arkansas Department of Corrections, <clears throat> I was serving a three year sentence, and I went into a program called the PAL program. And it is inside every state prison in Arkansas. And chaplains throughout the state train up inmates in the Word. And they invest in the lives of, of women and men just like me. And I was in that program for about three months. And uh, I was sitting at a table one day. And I was reading in the book of Matthew. Um, I was reading chapter 25. And I got down to about verse 11, and chapter 25 talks about, uh, it's the parable of the wise and the foolish virgins. And it's about the women who have the lamp oil. Five of them have it and five of them don't. Five are wise and five are foolish. And I immediately connected to this story and realized that, that I was among the foolish. Um, but verse 12 says that the Lord told them that he never knew them. And at that moment... I realized that I was a lost sinner, bound to bust the gates of hell wide open without a savior. And I went into my cell, it was about an 8 by 10 cell, and I got down on my knees. And I cried out to God. And I asked Jesus to save me, and to change me, and to use me and use me up. And when I stood up, I went outside and we had what was known as a house mother. Um, she's uh, doing life without parole, and she kind of overseen the barracks. and. I said, hey, Miss Bobby, I, I just got saved. And she said, be sure you tell someone. And I thought, are you kidding me? I'm going to tell everyone. <laughs> I instantly knew um, that God had saved me uh, from something tragic. I have heard a definition of salvation being that when God takes you from a, a life of Gehenna and he places you in a whole new walk, and that's what he did for me on that day, um, I became freer inside that prison um, than I had ever been in my life. And I was released from prison later that year, and um, I visited a church here in Omaha, Lakeland Baptist Church, and it wasn't long after visiting there that I, I just fell in love with the congregation, and, and I joined the fellowship there and had an opportunity to go on a mission trip. Um, in 2011, we went to Pawhuska, Oklahoma, uh, on the Osage Indian Reservation, and we were going to do vacation Bible school. And got out there and met with a gentleman uh, who was doing jail ministry, shared my testimony with him, and 
later the next, or well, the next year, he asked me uh, to join his team for jail ministry um, in the Osage County Jail. And I went, February of 2012, I went into the jail for the first time, and I shared with six women that night. And when I got to the jail, I, I told the ladies, I said, ladies, I, I know where you're at. And they looked at me at, like, church lady, you have no idea who I am. And I had the opportunity to share my story with them. And I could see that they had hope um, just in the, the life that the Lord had had spared me from and the life that he had placed me in. Um, that gave them hope. And I think I was an addict for 16 years. And in 16 years of addiction and 33 years in a state of loss, uh, you do some stuff and, and you wonder, what is what is your purpose? Why am I here? Why am I alive? And it was in that jail that night um, that I discovered my purpose. Um, I knew what, what God had saved me from and I knew what he had saved me for. Um, so I've had the opportunity to do jail ministry since 2012, started doing it in our own county late 2012 in Boone County Jail. And we see the same people. Um, it's a revolving door. Arkansas is one of the leading in the nation as far as recidivism. Our recidivism rate runs around 53 to 55%. So 53% of the inmates that leave the ABC today are going to return within three years. Um, but upon completion of a faith-based program, that number goes down to 12 to 15%. So that tells me that our prisons and jails aren't full of people with a drug problem. It's, it's full of people with a heart problem. It's an issue of the heart. Uh, my, my addiction was a byproduct of being lost. And, and so many times I see that in the jails we'll have, we'll have inmates come in. They'll stay a week or two. They'll get out a day or two, and then they're back. Um, so I saw a need, and, and I began to pray and, and ask God how that I could how I could impact these ladies' lives on a deeper level, um, but how could I impact his kingdom on a deeper level as well? And about a year after doing jail ministry in Boone County, we had a we had a couple stand up in our church one day and said that they had a house on their property they were not using, um, and they wanted to donate that house for a ministry for women coming out of incarceration. And at that moment, to tell us that I was born. Uh, and I was named as director um, later that year. And we took our first resident in in April of 2014, and we recently took in our 26th resident. Wow. I guess your life could be described with a title from a jailhouse to a mansion, couldn't it? <laughs> I, think it I think it has before, uh, but yes, truly, truly so. Um, Incredibly thankful uh, for for my incarceration. Um, I had the opportunity to shake the hand of the sheriff who arrested me six times, and and I told him that that I appreciated um, him arresting me because ultimately he was a tool that God used to to get me to where I am today. Um, and I think that impacted his life as well. But one of the first verses the Lord gave me was Psalm forty six ten, and I was inside prison and I was in the PAL program. And I read it, and it said, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. And I thought, okay. I knew immediately why I was in prison. Um, I was there to be still. Uh, I was there to, to let him be God in my life. Um, I had tried to run it for 33 years, and, and I had ruined it. Um, but since being, 
since being released and since becoming a Christian, the Lord has restored my marriage um, that, that I was gone from for six years. He's restored my children to me. Um, I have four grandchildren now, and he's placed me in an awesome ministry uh, where I get to sow into the lives of women, trying to overcome the exact same things that, that I've been able to overcome. Um, we, have, we have three women right now who are just doing amazing. Um, we house four women for one year, so we have one bed space available. We're fixing to fill. Um, but the three that we have are doing amazing. They have full-time jobs. Um, they're productive citizens again. They pay their taxes. Um, I remember the, uh, the first time one of them got to pay rent. Um, she had her job for a couple weeks, and she said, this Friday I get to pay rent. And she was very excited about it. And I remember thinking, well, that'll pass. <laughs> but I asked her, I said, when is, when is the last time you paid rent? And she said, 2008. And this is 2019. Um, so just offering these women an opportunity to become independent and productive, um, just to instill this, this pride in them that knows that they don't have to be dependent on a drug dealer or a pimp or any man or anyone else in their life except for God. He is their provider, and he's provided this house for them to, to be raised up in, and, and we're so excited to be doing what we're doing at Telestai. And my wife and I have the privilege of knowing not only you, but uh, the women in your program there, because we attend the same little Baptist church and just love the sweet fellowship. And this little church is so loving and warm and welcoming to uh, have women come in with the history that they do, and many of them often all tatted up and quite uh, different from what you'd expect to see in a little Baptist church. But uh, what a sweet fellowship we have. And we know, too, that uh, this experience is heartbreaking for you, too, because not all women survive the program and are really that serious in the beginning and often uh, walk away sometimes very quickly uh, to go yes. back to their old lifestyle and that's been really hard on your tender heart to see that happen I know how do you deal with that, that, that in terms of setting your mission that is difficult um, in the beginning we would have we I remember our third resident stayed 30 days and as she was packing her bags, I sat on the porch with a very dear friend of mine, and I cried, and I said, I cannot do this. And she told me, you don't have to. God's going to. Um, and every time one leaves, I go back to our mission, and I ask myself, what are we here to do? And we are here to share the gospel. There is no possible way that we can control these women. Uh, we can't keep them out of jail. We can't keep them out of addiction. We can introduce them to the one who can. And we are seed sowers. Um, it's very easy to want to sow the seed and, and get the harvest, but that's not our job. But the coolest thing happened two days ago. I received a message from our fourth resident. Um, she was with us about six months, and she, she has this. She's got this. She said, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go home. I've, I've got this. Thank you. And she left. And... I didn't hear from her. Um, this was in 2014. So two days ago, I get a message, and it said that she wanted to thank me um, for the seed that was sown. Um, she felt like it was finally starting to bloom. She has been clean since October. She has moved back home, which is out of state, and she's doing well. And she knows if it wasn't for Omaha and Tetelestai, she would not be alive today. And I, I thank God for those little nuggets um, because... It is easy to, 
I think it's easy to be jaded in, in the world that we live in today, but I am seeing that there is so much more good in the world um, than there is bad. And we're seed sowers. And that seed that I planted in 2014 in that young lady is taking root and doing something today in 2019. And you know, Denny, I didn't respond the first time I heard the gospel. Um, I didn't respond probably the 21st time I heard it. But when my heart was ready and, and when the Lord had called me, that's when I responded and that's when my life was changed forever. So we're either sowing or watering, um, preparing the soil, whatever stage they're at in their life. Um, we're just here to offer women an opportunity at a time in their life when they may not have any other opportunity. That's awesome. And uh, you're not doing this alone. You've got a very large board of directors and support staff around you and churches that are supporting you, and you've got a, a big heart and a big vision. Tell us more about uh, some of the new things that are happening right now in terms of providing uh, more opportunity for more women. Yes, so it truly takes a village. Um, it, it definitely takes a village. We have had volunteers throughout this process um, from the time of just having a dream of Tetelestai um, to cleaning to everything, um, setting up the house, moving in the residence. And this last year, uh, we had the opportunity to hire a part-time employee, and she has come alongside me. Her name is Jamer Roten. She's come alongside in the ministry and, and helps in God has gifted her in, in ways that, that I'm not gifted, and, and we just mesh well together, and great things are happening. Last year, we put together our first um, fundraising banquet. God has provided us with an acre of land to build a ministry-owned home. Um, we want to build a larger Tetelestai that will enable us to reach more women, um, operate more efficiently, and offer even more things to our community around us. Um, so we kicked off our fundraising with a banquet last year, and in one night we raised over $28,000 for that new home. Um, we're trying to raise $128,000 for our phase one of the building, um, and God has since doubled the $28,000, and we're now preparing to do our second annual fundraiser um, for our building fund. So we currently have um, basement walls poured and waterproofed. I think... Tentatively, we are set to pour our basement floor on Monday um, and then hope to get in the dry. Uh, and, and this will be a 4,400-square-foot home, a two-story home uh, that, that, the women can, that the women can call home. Uh, it's so important that they, they not see Tetelestai as just another program um, because we're not a program. We offer a life change. Um, anyone can do a program for a year and go right back and do what they were doing. Um, but we offer them a support system that can change the rest of their life as well. That's awesome. So right now, what would you say is the, your biggest uh, concern and prayer need uh, that maybe some of our listeners might like to participate in and, and maybe share with them uh, ways for them to get involved and support uh, your ministry? You know, one of one of my favorite things that Telesky House does is jail ministry. And I would ask that you pray for our incarcerated. Um, I, we have the opportunity now, we are sending in study Bibles um, to female inmates. And we have sent in over 70 study Bibles to inmates throughout the state of Arkansas and staff of, of county jails. 
And we had one, one inmate tell us, she said, we no longer have Bible study. We have full-out church. And if you visit our website, you can donate there. And down by purpose, when you click donate, you can roll down the, the menu to purpose, and you can delegate where your funds will go. And you can choose our general fund, you can choose our building fund, or you can choose Bibles for inmates. Um, that is one super way to sow into our ministry. We're watching God's Word transform these women while they're incarcerated, and that's huge. Um, my biggest biggest concern and biggest prayer request right now uh, would just be that God continue to raise up the right people at the right time, and he has all along. Um, building a house is is eventful, and it's huge, uh, and, and God's taking care of that, and he has raised up a a job coordinator who's overseeing the whole job. Um, and while building a house, I don't want to lose sight of the women that we have in the house. Um, our our ministry is to them. And, and yes, a new house is great and we're excited and can't wait to get in there. Um, but just pray for our volunteers and our workers um, that, that God would continue to encourage us and lift us up that we could be encouragers. Uh, we, we never want to forget what our purpose is, and that's just so into the lives of these women and their families. Wonderful. Well, you know, from a jailhouse to a mansion kind of uh, reminds me of what Jesus talked about, building your house on the rock, not on the sand. And obviously your past life was built on the sand, and it wasn't very sure foundation and uh, life collapses. Uh, but now you've built your life on the rock. And the radio on the rocks name actually is kind of tied to that. Of course, we live here in Arkansas where we grow rocks. <laughs> but yes. our place here on, on the hill is uh, really built on a ledge rock. And uh, the radio on the rocks Cafe cast speaks to this whole thing of building your life on the rock, the rock of our salvation, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And I know there are many that might be listening here who are building their lives on sinking sands. And their lives are crumbling, and uh, they know that they need to do something different. Maybe you can give them some instruction or advice on how to build your life on the solid rock. You know, the first the first thing I had to deal with um, when I was in Pal, I, I had to deal with what had got me to the point that I was at in my life. And when it boiled down to it, um, I had a lot of hurt, I had a lot of anger, I had a lot of resentment. But I had a whole lot of pride, um, self-righteous pride. And just coming to face the scripture and realize that, that I was a sinner, um, that, that I couldn't get to my creator on my own. Um, but then reading John 3.16, knowing that, that God already knew that, and he provided a bridge um, that we could walk across, and that bridge is Jesus. And just knowing that we're a sinner, admitting that, and confessing that Jesus is who he says he is, you know, that, that he lived, he came from heaven to earth, and he walked a sinless life, and he hung on a cross for my sin. He died for me, because Romans 6.23 says that the wages of sin is death. Um, he died for me. He died for all the sin that I have committed, that I will commit. And accepting that and believing that was all it took. Um, I, I always considered myself, I needed, I needed something tangible to believe in. But the day that I put my faith in Christ, I realized that I had put my faith in so many things that had let me down. 
Um, so I, I stepped out, and, and Jesus met me where I was at. And he has since built my faith tremendously. And, and that's what I would encourage people to do is just to, he's going to meet you where you're at. And, you know, faith of a mustard seed, just maybe God exists. And, and just start talking to the one who created you. He knows your heart anyway. And, and just stepping out in belief. And, and there's so much hope in that now, uh, in, in knowing that, that one day um, I'll leave this earth and, and I'll spend an eternity in heaven. Um, that is huge, and I never want to downplay heaven. I think heaven is going to be amazing. But Jesus Christ will change your life today, um, right here, right now. And, and that's amazing, too. You know, a lot of people that are going through what you went through in your past feel like they're not only on un, unsure ground in sand, but they're actually sinking in quicksand, and they mm-hmm. can't see a way to get out of it. Uh, those of us who know you and have heard your story, we stand here in amazement thinking it doesn't seem possible. Uh, that old life of yours is completely gone, and you are yes. like a brand-new person. I mean, yes. when we hear you speak and see you in your life, it's like, it can't be possible. I mean, you just are an incredibly changed person. You're out of the quicksand and have uh, been offering hope now for years to these women. And Second Corinthians 5.17 speaks to that and says that if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature and the old has passed away and behold, all things become new. And when I read that verse, I snatched onto that. Um, and you, you know, there there are many choices that I made after um, coming to faith in Christ that that have helped me to become who I am today. And that joining a fellowship, you know, a, a New Testament preaching church, a Bible preaching church, um, having accountability, um, being involved, um, and and working, being the bridge um, that Jesus can walk across to so many. And, you know, God's arm is long, and you don't have to be in 16 years of addiction uh, to need Jesus. And so many times uh, women will ask me, well, how can, how can I reach someone who's incarcerated? I don't share that past. No, but we were all lost and in need of a Savior um, before professing faith in Christ. And that's the bridge we, we connect with, um, just just state of being lost. Well, well, you are an inspiration to so many, and uh, we're privileged to have you as a friend. How can more people uh, get involved in your ministry? Can you give us some uh, links or email or phone numbers or something that people can contact you to learn more about the Telus Die House? Absolutely. So we are on Facebook and Twitter. Um, we also have a website at www.tetelestiehouse.org. Um you can email me at tracy at org, or you can call me at the office at 870-426-4988. Now, Tetelestai House is an interesting name. Tell us about that. Ah, yes. We were not thinking about websites when we named it that <laughs> because it is difficult to spell. Um, but the day that the couple donated their, their house, um, we had a gentleman visiting, uh, preaching at our church that day, and he had preached about fire raining down from heaven. And the couple gave their house that day, and he called me on his way back to town, and he said, I have a name. I have a name for the house. And he said, to tell us die. And, of course, I asked him to spell that, and, 
and to say it again. And then he told me that, that it means it is finished. And those are some of the last words that Jesus spoke on the cross. You can read about it in John chapter 19, verse 30. And, you know, we want every woman coming to, to who want everyone walking through the door of Tetelestai House to know that with Christ, that old way of life can be finished, that the penalty was paid, and that there is new life to be found in Christ. Well, spell it for us. T-E-T-E-L-E-S-T-A-I. It is finished. And your story is it finished? Is well, it's finished for for this Cap A cast, but it's far from <laughs> finished in this life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, thank you, Denny. Thank you very much, Tracy. God bless you, and uh, we will see you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this radio on the Rocks Cafe cast. Visit our website at digicomcafe.com to see our extensive digital buffet menu and listen to all of the live conversations on our Cafe on Ice stream. Or this and many more episodes of our Cafe cast.